Here's a story from a PR expert who was behind the original launch of Amazon in the UK. Now she's selling a product that within a year was an Amazon bestseller, was in most of UK's major retailers, and was enthusiastically used by members of the royal family. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller on the line today, all the way from the UK. We've got Kara. Kara, how's it going? It's very well here, but Greg. Or, or should, I, should I be saying Kara? You should actually, in theory, be saying Cara, but I respond to anything. <laughs> okay, yeah. We here in America pronounce C-A-R-A, Cara. But yeah, let, let me let me try and go Cara instead so I can be more official. So Cara, I take it from this accent, you are from Kentucky, USA. That's right, I am. <laughs> I'm a Kentuckian. <laughs> Where are you actually born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised just outside of London. Uh, in the UK, funnily enough, from my accent. <laughs> mm, yes, I would have never guessed that. <laughs> so growing up there near London as a little girl, what did you envision your professional life turning out? Did you aspire to be an astronaut or were you, did you already know you were going to be an entrepreneur at an early age? So I, first of all, I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, then I decided I went and did some work experience in a legal um, uh, office and hated it. So I thought, yep, that's not going to work. Uh, my father was uh, actually- You did that as a little girl? Oh, not really legal I did want to be one very, uh, I did want to be, an, uh, you know, I was always thinking about what I wanted to do from a very mm -hmm. early age. Um, and, uh, so I did kind of think I wanted to be a lawyer or an act or an actress. I think really when I was really small, I think I just wanted to be an actress or something and sort of stand around and dance and look pretty all day. Um, so that hasn't quite panned out, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> the pretty, obviously the pretty. So then you, you graduated, anything. you guys call it high school over there too? Uh, well, we call it school. Yeah. So, so you um, call it just school. It's not high. It's just school. It's just school. All right. So yeah. after graduating school, did you enter, I can't say college. It's did you enter university? university. Yes. Well, I, I did indeed. Um, and I did a degree in something called communication, which was all about sort of literacy and literature and communication and public relations and that sort of thing. Um, and then as soon as I graduated, I went into the world. I, I had previously been working in the world of television. As I said, I'd had a bit of a sort of thing about it when I was younger, um, mm -hmm. but working behind the scenes. Uh, then I did that again when I left university, decided I didn't like that either because it wasn't really uh, interesting enough for me and uh, moved into the world of public relations, which is where I then spent the next sort of ooh, about 10, 15 years of my life. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So at what point then did you start to think that maybe that life wasn't for you or, or what were you frustrated in or just something better came along or, or walk me through that process there of how you kind of pivoted away from um, so I worked in public relations in the UK. I worked on some really big brands. In fact, I actually worked on the launch of Amazon in the UK when it was still a book warehouse in Slough, uh, eBay. You're aging yourself now, Cara. I know, darling. I am. I am. Sadly, <laughs> I'm not as young as I sound, <laughs> but I, I still act as, as old as I sound. Um, but uh, yes, yeah, so I, I am, yes, very old. And uh, so when, when Amazon was a, a book warehouse in Slough, um, I was, I worked in the company, we launched it in the UK and eBay and online food shopping, which is a big thing over here. 
um, and uh, did that for several years, but it just didn't really. Then I went to work for a magazine company uh, over in the US. It's called Hearst, which in the UK is known as National Magazines. And I worked on things like Good Housekeeping and various other magazines. I organized events. And then um, I basically left my last job. Uh, it was a, a working for a B2B magazine publishing house. Uh, because I was traveling so much and I was getting older and I was thinking about starting a family with my then husband uh, and decided that really it was going to be kind of impossible to get pregnant because I was pretty much never around either out until two, three in the morning or in another country. Uh, So decided to leave, got pregnant, decided, oh, I'm just probably going to do a bit of PR consultancy, et cetera. And then after I had my daughter, I just came up with this idea for a product. And that's really what started it all off. So when was this? What what year approximately are we talking about now? So I had my daughter in 2007 um, and uh, I was in a wheelchair when I was pregnant with my daughter. And so I I couldn't walk. I had to learn how to walk again. And uh, so the product came about from me kind of being up and around again with the what uh, what we call a pram and what you Americans call a stroller. Um, And uh, wait, how do you say it over there? We say pram generally. P-R-A-M? P P R A M. Wow. I have never heard that word. Uh, tell, tell me really quick since I have you uh, here. How do you guys call it? diaper? Isn't it like a nappy uh, nappy? Oh, oh my goodness. You got, <laughs> you this know, is, uh, this, this is great. I, I, I'm learning vocab- say, English vocabulary zucchini. here today. You say zucchini. We say courgette, you know? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you say tomato. We say, to- no, no. Okay. That's a different thing. <laughs> but anyways, so this is, uh, this is over 10 years ago, obviously. Yeah. Now, you know, people have kids all the time, you know, but they don't exactly at that moment decide to become entrepreneurs or start a product line of products. So what, what's the difference in, in your, the way you were thinking? Do you, I mean, what influenced you? Was it, was it your dabbling with Amazon and different things where no. you, you got kind of entrepreneurial bug or, or I think I think there is a, I think there is an entrepreneurial spirit uh, within me and I always wanted to do my own thing and have my own business I always thought it would be a PR agency or something um, and uh, when I had the idea for uh, snoo shade which is the brand that I now uh, run and, and own um, it was purely out of necessity for me and I, I, I to this day you know it's really funny people ask me sort of why I decided at, to carry on with it to the point that I have done. And if I'm really honest, I, I can't, I don't really know. I think there was just this, it was just like a bug, you know, in me. <laughs> and I just wanted to, um, I just thought this product would be really great for me. I could see it would help a lot of friends. I started doing a bit of research. I mean, it took me nearly two years to get it off the ground because, um, I'm obsessed with safety. So I had to do all the research into safety and I actually design all my products. So they're even safer than they have to be. Uh, which obviously has um, not only cost implications, but also design implications. Um, and I just, I just sort of became a bit obsessed with it, I think. And uh, so that's where it really came from. And I'm just the sort of person as well where I think a lot of people who are successful in business uh, and certainly the ones I've met in the Amazon world, we tend to be doers. We don't, you know, we tend to sort of go, yep, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's try it, see if it works rather than, I think, isn't there that there's that really cool meme, which is um, somebody jumping off the edge of a cliff with a parachute. And it's like, sort of, if you're an entrepreneur, you sort of worry about the wings on the way down, um, Mm -hmm. you know, um, rather than just sort of worrying about it to the point where you never do anything about it. So I just did something about it. And uh, I went to a trade show. Uh, in the UK. And I had really good feedback from uh, some of the big box uh, retailers. And I had all my products 
uh, eventually, you know, within well, within a year, I was in most of the major retailers in the UK. Uh, this oh, so let's go back. Your 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 child was born in 2007. You yeah. had the idea to to make a, a. I already forgot the word, but I'll just say the English word or the American word, a stroller. Yeah. Now a stroller cover. The cover for stroller. A stroller cover. Yeah. So it's a stroller cover that helps babies sleep when they're out and about, and also protects them from the elements, so like sun, wind, chill, etc. Okay. So now in 2007, 2008, they're, they're really, you know, Amazon, even in the U S wasn't really all about private label products, you know, like it is now. So what was your original plan? I mean, was the original plan just to create this product and you were going to figure out a way to distribute it? Basically. What was your plan back then? (laughs) As I said, it's kind of do it and worry about the, how you get there later. But yes, I mean, my plan was to go into all the big retailers um, and that's what most people with small brands focus on is getting into the retail outlets, the bricks and mortar stores. Um, online world obviously wasn't as advanced as it was then. Um, Amazon itself was quite early days. I mean, in the UK, I didn't launch the product until, tw- well, it was the end of 2009, beginning of 2010. So it went live 2010. Um, and it was a bestseller on Amazon from the word go, um, but not with news. In the USA it. or um, UK? No, only UK, because in those days, I mean, I, I think I started selling on Amazon through FBM uh, in about 2011, I think it was, um, which was a very different world back then uh, th- via a friend of mine who was helping me over in the US. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's I've, I've seen I've seen Amazon grow up, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, yeah. But um that my initial focus wasn't Amazon at all. I mean, you know, Amazon, to be honest, then wasn't really doing what it is. It's like now. So it was uh, yeah. quite a way back. So, so in your first year or was your first full year of just any sales at all, regardless of the platform, was that 2010 or 2011 yeah, around there? So in yeah. that first year overall, I mean, do you remember approximately how much you did in sales? Yeah, I did. I turned over 80,000 in the first year. Um, and uh, that was with all the big. Just retailers. on a cover. Yeah, one product. What was the retail price on that? Uh, twenty pounds. Twenty pounds. Okay, so I mean that, yeah. that that was a pretty good amount of volume then that you that you but moved. That, yeah, but that's also selling to a distributor as well, so not di- selling direct. So I'm primarily sold to a distributor who then sold onto the bigger retailers because the bigger retailers didn't want to talk to small uh, brands because obviously it's a lot of hassle for them. Now, how how did you support yourself during this this like kind of two year? phase where you were, you were developing this, you were still working in other, no, uh, other no, means? I, I was married. <laughs> I am no longer married. <laughs> Probably part okay. of this business. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I was married at the time. And so, um, you know, I, I was bringing in a bit of money here. I mean, the business turned over 80 grand, so it didn't not make any money yeah. at all. Um, but yeah. obviously a lot of that money was absolutely straight away reinvested in more product. I imagine your initial costs were, were a lot because I'm just guessing here, but from day one, unlike, you know, many Amazon sellers, since you were planning to go into brick and mortar, you were probably putting a lot of time and effort into to things that a lot of sellers don't, which is maybe branding, packaging and yep. professionalism yep. and stuff. So the curve or the the kind of journey to to launch a product like that is much longer than just, hey, let me just stick my label on something from China, right? Absolutely. Although at the same time, I have got an amazing manufacturer who I still work with now, and they've always done all my packaging for me, my design, my logistics, you know, everything to do with it. So to be fair, um, although I haven't had to do a lot of the things that a lot of other Amazon sellers have to do, which is sort of how do I get my product from A to B? I just say I want it to go from here to here. 
make it make it so <laughs> in true Star Trek um, style. Uh, oh yes, I, I mean I loved you before Kara, but now you just uh, uh, <laughs> being a Star Trek, I was like make it so. Like uh, Jean Luc Picard reference oh. is always welcome on the Serious oh, Solars podcast. The new series as well on Amazon Prime, funnily enough. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, that's what. Oh yeah, that's right because you're in the UK over here. Yeah. It's on this uh, CBS, but oh, okay, yeah. no, it's on Amazon Prime in the in the UK. Yeah. Today is Thursday. If you've seen episode four, please do not tell me anything about it. I got to wait. Uh, I've only seen it. I haven't had time to watch the others. I'm planning on watching them later. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, we have completely digressed uh, from <laughs> baby strollers to Jean-Luc Picard on Star Trek Enterprise. So let, let, let's try and re- come a little back. Now, as the years went on, what was the trajectory like? So you started off just with one cover. Then did you make like variations, like different colors? And then did you expand the brand or or walk me through a few of these years, 2012, 2013, et cetera? Right. So basically the first few years were actually quite painful in terms of, um, I actually uh, progressed quite fast at quite a rapid rate. So uh, I developed quite a lot more. I've now got 13 different products um, and they all were pretty much developed within the first sort of two or three years, uh, because parents kept saying to me, oh, I'd be really, I love this concept, but I'd love it if it had a different color trim. Oh, I love this concept, but I'd love it if it was a different color completely. Or I love this product, but I wish my baby could see out. Or I love this concept, but I wish I had one for the car seat. So um, so basically I was sort of churning out products really fast. In fact, I'm a lot slower on product production now. I've got about three um, in the pipeline at the moment, and I'm a lot slower, I think, because... <laughs> Uh, I think in the early days, I didn't have time to think, whereas now I have time to think. So I'm like, oh, I'll do it in a bit. <laughs> um, and there's probably less of a, a panic. Um, so I just developed the range really fast. Um, and then I I also had about 22 distributors worldwide as well. So I was selling internationally. Um, again, Amazon wasn't really a big part of the picture. Um, and then I, what happened? Oh, well, that's right. I was getting divorced. <laughs> oh, minor details. Minor details. So um, I always say sort of semi-jokingly uh, that getting divorced was kind of one of my best business decisions. Well, not best best business decision makes it sound the wrong way, but it certainly gave me laser. Cara, uh, uh, do you realize what you've just done? <laughs> now, all of a sudden, the tens of thousands of listeners, I'm going to have angry husbands and angry <laughs> wives coming at me. Yes, um, uh, my Get wife divorced. or husband has asked for a divorce because the Serious Sellers podcast says that's the best way to success. Come on, Correct. Cara. Correct. It's this a is se- not a serious not. strategy for serious sellers. This is oh, terrible. You're, you're, breaking, you're a home wrecker. I know, but never <laughs> mind. Um, but actually, in all seriousness, what it does do, and this is something I think um, you, you see and you don't realize, is that actually um, I'd spent the last few years building a business and it was all very nice, nice. And I was working with a lot of people, but actually I wasn't making enough money to live on. And that was where the crunch point came because I realized that although I had all these distributors and I had all these big retailers and everything else, unfortunately, I wasn't actually making enough money that I would be able to live on, um, in a, in a style to like the, well, in a style to which I am used to stroke and also one I would like to become accustomed to. Um, but in all seriousness, it was a case of either put food on the table or, get a job. Um, so I didn't really want to get a job because I don't really think I'm employable anymore. Uh, so I decided that, uh, I would start looking at ways that I could grow the business and take back more direct control. Uh, because also the other issue I had by this point was that my products were bestsellers on Amazon, but also I had about 37 different resellers, for example. Um, and you know, the price was just all over the place. The imagery, the imagery on Amazon was all over the place. The copy was all over the place. You know, there was no brand control at all. Um, 
And um, so I'd been uh, approached by Vendor Central several times uh, because I used to sell on Vendor Central back in, or uh, when was it, 2010. And then I went to a trade show and I saw my product been discounted to like £12. And at the time I was like, what on earth is going on? Um, in fact, I did use the F word because I do use the F word quite a lot, but I'm being very restrained um, in, in I, holding I, I, I appreciate. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, you know, I met you at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit. Yeah. And Kevin King is also very known to have a loose tongue. And so I was like, well, this is very appropriate. This is, you're, you're, you're like the female version of, of Kevin King, but I, I love it. Flattered. People, I mean, profanity is profanity, you know, but people, you know, people like Gary V do it. But what I like about you, the profanity aside is just that you keep it real. Kind of like Kevin, you tell it, you tell it like it is and you're not holding anything back. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But, but this is a kids friendly show. So no, Thank so you for keeping very, the F word out of it. I have been very restrained. I may use the old, you know, say WTAF or something along those lines and everyone will just have to guess what that means. Um, okay. But, um, oh, now I've lost track. Oh, I, yeah, I just figured out what that means. I, like, it took me a couple of seconds. To, okay, I got it. <laughs> continue, continue. <laughs> oh, that's right. So anyway, I literally did say kind of WTAF when I was on the phone to my distributor. I was like, right, take it off Amazon. And they were like, what? You can't do that. I said, yep, take it off. I don't want Vendor Central selling it anymore. That's it. Over. Um, and so that's what happened. And then uh, for several years more, it was just uh, being resold via a, a range of resellers who were getting it from my wholesaler. Um, and um, also what happened at the time as well was probably around 2014, 2015, is we we're always a bit slow in the UK to catch up on the US on certain things. And I started seeing all of these uh, Facebook ads. Uh, as you know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. <laughs> Um, a lot of, a lot of hours. And, uh, I saw all these ads and it was for, you know, Hey, you can sell this garlic crusher and sit on the beach and just watch Amazon while they tick, tick, tick and make you loads of money. And I thought, mm, that sounds good. Um, and I also thought, well, hang on a minute, if that can work for a garlic crusher or a kitchen spatula, then, Hey, surely it must work for a product that, you know, I know is a really good product and I know will sell. Um, and I'm sure I can do better than what's out there at the moment in terms of all the listings and all the other bits. So I started to study and that's really what I've been doing, which is how come I've been meeting you guys, um, you know, going to lots of events, um, and learning from people who are really like at the top of their game to see how I can apply that to my own brand. And, uh, that's been a real challenge and I've really enjoyed it. It's meant a lot of travel over the last sort of three years, uh, but it has also completely revolutionized the business. Now tell, tell me about, I'm just going to completely throw you a curveball here. Tell me your biggest failure that has happened with your, you know, with your endeavors here. Could have been um, a, a product no. that, that failed or or a container fell into the ocean or no, I had to, I had a big I mean, I mean, the, the divorce aside, it sounds like the divorce is not a failure. That was actually a success. <laughs> I guess. From, from well, you, but, very, but, I am very happily divorced now, which is lovely. So my ex-husband literally lives at the end of my road and uh, my daughter and uh, you know, wanders between the two of us and we all go on holiday together and stuff. So actually it has been an incredibly successful divorce. Um, but actually I'd say my biggest failure was actually the fact that I actually had a complete and total nervous breakdown in 2010 and I was a vegetable for about three months and I still had to kind of run the business, but my mum had to move in. She had to look after me and my daughter because I think the sort of the strain of everything that was going on, there were other factors as well, but you know, running a business where I'd never run, I, I hadn't, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never worked in retail or manufacture. I had no idea what I was doing in any way, shape or form. And I actually had a bit of a runaway success. And, and people don't necessarily always talk about the downside of having a success, especially a fast one. Um, and, you know, even though I, you know, yes, it all looked great from the outside. Actually, you know, I did massively fall apart. Um, and uh, now actually I'm really 
well, I'm not as good into self-care as I should be, if I'm honest, uh, but I do try and look after myself better and I do actually take it easy and I don't get stressed about things. I don't worry about stuff so much. And I'm always saying to everybody who works with me, look, hey, we don't work in an emergency department of a hospital. You know, we're not in ER. No one's going to die. Um, and I think that's the sort of um, the context I kind of like to run the business in. Okay. So like what, you know, maybe, maybe it has to do with that, but what is your biggest regret or, or something that you would have done differently if you, if you could rewind time and do something different, whether it was about, you know, taking care of your mental health or maybe some kind of specific strategy where you lost a lot of money and oh, then you I've, realize I've, a better I've way. Made, I've made complete bodge ups. I mean, I, I sponsored this big. Wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. We, we just learned another vocabulary word. There. Can you say that again? Bodge, B-O-D-G-E. Bodge ups. Bodge up. <laughs> It's like, me, like mess up screw ups or something, yeah, I would yeah. say. So I love um, it. I, I spent money that I probably shouldn't have spent like way ahead of the game. So for example, in the US, I sponsored this thing called Stroller Strides, which was a nationwide um, activity for moms with their strollers. I thought that would be perfect for Snooze. But unfortunately, uh, what I kind of forgot about was the fact that I only had distribution. I wasn't selling on Amazon at that time in the US. Um, and so therefore, we were. I only had, I had a couple of retailers in California. I had some in New York. I had some in random places, North Carolina and various other places. But to be sponsoring like a nationwide campaign, which I think cost me about $15,000 for the for the annual sponsorship, when I had so little distribution was really a bit nutty. But, you know, um, I also went to, um, I went to several like gifting events at the Oscars, the Emmys and all that sort of stuff. But then to be fair, I mean, I spent a lot of, quite a lot of money doing it, but actually I also met some great people. I got some great celebrities who then liked the product. So, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't such a, a huge uh, error on my budge up. It wasn't a budge up. Yes, it was. It was a budge okay. up on a smaller scale. <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of that, you know, I, I remember when I met you at the Billion Dollar Seller Summit. By the way, are you going to the next one? Of course. Yes, I'll be there in July. All right. Good. We'll see. We'll see you there. I, I forgot what it was. You you showed us either uh, it was on Facebook or Instagram or something where there was like a, a popular British celebrity was using something to do with one of your products oh, and yeah. they were posting yeah. it just, or it was like, it was an organic post though, right? Like it wasn't even something you paid them to do, but they loved the product so much that they were actually, can you refresh my memory here? Yeah. I mean, I, I have, um, so, uh, I've, I mean, basically people like Amanda Seafried, who is in Mamma Mia. Um, so she's done a effectively like a little photo shoot for me a couple of times, taking her daughter out under my product. Uh, there was another celebrity called Tara and I can never remember her surname, um, but she's incredibly well off. Um, and she did a photo shoot for me in Paris, Effect, not really doing a photo shoot, but basically just using my product, walking down the road. Um, I've had, I've had lots of celebrities that even in the U S uh, people from Grey's Anatomy. I have also, I know of a, uh, a member of the Royal family who uses my product. I'm not allowed to say who, um, but, uh, uh are, are they still a member of the Royal family? They are. Oh, okay. <laughs> that that kind of narrows it down a little. Okay. Surely. You're <laughs> a member of the Royal family, even if they're not using their HRH titles, but that's not a clue by uh, the way. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had people like, you know, I, I mean, Kate Winslet in the past um, and uh, oh gosh, I mean, with, with all these things, all these things that you just mentioned, all these people who have used it and uh, promoted, like whenever they would put out a, a piece of content or when it leaked, not leaked, but w w when it was exposed, not ex I'm just terrible with the adjectives now, adjectives, but when it got out, did you see any market increase? Like, did you get a rush of sales or something? No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on. I was expecting some great, yes. amazing story here, but I yes. see that's why I told you, you're just like Kevin King. I love it. You just tell it how it is. I love it. Well, so I'll tell you what I did get a really good sales pitch out of was um, when last year, my best-selling product was copied by Aldi. Um, and um, so- The grocery store chain? Yeah. So they literally copied- like all my, all my words on my packaging, they copied my imagery, my iconography and my product. Um, and I've, I've just been involved in a legal case with them. Um, and, um, and so basically what happened was, was that, um, I actually had, uh, I, I started off, I raised profile of this on social media because I was like, well, what can I do? I'm like a small company. What are you supposed to do about these things? So I raised profile on it. I was on like the BBC news. I was on channel five news. I was in every single major newspaper in the country. Um, and, uh, and then I, you know, my sales on Amazon, I think I did like, uh, in a week in, I did about a week's worth of sales in two days. So that really did that hit like hard, which is, which was great. Um, and, um, you know, so there's sometimes, you know, there's a, a plus, I mean, the, the negative has been having to deal with legal situations and also the fact that somebody thinks it's okay to copy your product, but you know, the, these things happen. And, and also I've never been particularly worried about competitor products because my products are unique. Uh, and also I spend so much money on safety testing and the design and everything else that for someone else to copy me, I think it would like really copy me. Uh, would actually be that I would I would defy them to be able to make money out of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, it would be a bit of a challenge. Um, but also I've spent the last 10 years building a really strong brand. And now, you know, my products are recognized. They are, I mean, a friend of mine was at a wedding at the other day and it was a, it was kind of a, a UK society wedding, apparently. I don't get invited to these things, but she did. And she saw one of my products on, on the pram uh, of somebody and she said, oh, you know, whose is the snooze shade? And this woman turned around and said, darling, everybody uses a snooze shade. <laughs> And I was like, I was. I love we we have a British person here doing a pretentious stereotypical <laughs> accent of a pretentious <laughs> British. This this is just classic podcast stuff right here. I, I'm I'm just beside myself. I lo- I love this interview. This is one of my favorite ones we've we've had so far. But we we talked a little bit about the the budge ups. But what was another thing that like was something really just amazing that happened to you that you never would have expected or like the biggest launch success or just something to encourage, uh, encourage our listeners? Well, so one of the things, I mean, it's slightly different, obviously, because in the early days, I wasn't really working with Amazon, but one of my biggest sort of successes was actually getting into a store called John Lewis, uh, which, and, and one called Mothercare, which were well, our Mothercare has just gone under, sadly. John Lewis is doing, a, is not doing so well, but it's, it's still there and it's a very well established and well-respected British store. Um, and I think to sort of see my products, something that I'd invented and that I'd come up with the idea of in those stores, it's, it was, it just sort of blows me away. And I mean, the other day, for example, I went and met some friends for lunch and there was a dad outside and he's using my car seat cover, uh, on his, uh, pram. So I'm dreadful. I go up to people. I'm like, hi. <laughs> and they go, Yeah. I'm like, oh, is that a snooze shade? Yeah. I don't say, is it a snooze shade? Because obviously I know it is a snooze shade. Um, and I go, oh, um, how do you find the snooze shade? And they usually look at me as if I'm slightly nutty because I have no baby with me. And, you know, why would this random woman be asking me about this product? I go, well, I invented it. Um, and uh, they usually go a bit like, oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. No, it's brilliant. And it went one stage further um, on Saturday, which was quite funny. My friends were quite gobsmacked because this dad. Uh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Time out. Another vocabulary word. I, I have no idea what you just said. Oh. Your friends were just what? Oh, gobsmacked. Go- gobsmacked? Gobsmacked. Surprise. Well, what does that mean? They were like beside right? themselves? Or? Yeah, beside themselves. Yeah, beside themselves is a good translation. 
Okay. All right. Continue. Uh, you lost me there for a second. I had to. I had to clarify there. All right. There. Your friends were gobsmacked. Yeah, gobsmacked. And then scenario. I think is an add-on. Maybe like a free ebook. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so my friends were a bit surprised later when the, the man came back, and then he brought his wife because she wanted to meet me because she was just overwhelmed with the fact that I was the person who'd invented this product, and she told all her friends about it, and all the people in her baby group had all got one, and she was just like she was literally like almost shaking with excitement excitement at meeting me. <laughs> I was just like, oh my that God. That is crazy. It is but crazy. I can relate to that. I actually had a similar experience, uh, you know, before I really knew what I was doing on Amazon. You know, part of my backstory is I work for a company who they didn't really know what they were doing, but they became really successful, like in 2015, 2016, selling cell phone cases on Amazon, like thousands daily. And, and like anytime I would be in the post office or something, sometimes I would see people with that cell phone case. I'm like, Oh, where'd you get that cell phone case? Yeah. And they're like, Oh, from Amazon. I'm like, yep. You know, my company's the one who made it, but it, it is a, it is a really cool feeling that, you know, to actually see people in real life using your product, because I mean, obviously people know that, you know, when, when you know how much you're making, you're selling thousands of units, but it's, it's on a different level when you actually see it just randomly on the street and you're oh, like, wow, this is actually a real thing. Yeah. And also the other thing I would say as well, which is like where you were sort of saying, where could I sort of try and um, encourage uh, some of the sellers who maybe yes. don't think they're doing so well is one of the other things is that, you know, you don't have to necessarily have 29 million bestsellers. You know, you can have like many products which do okay, but together grouped up actually do really well. So not all my products do amazingly well, um, but they do well enough. And I think that's the other yeah. thing is that, you know, not to sort of worry if your all of your products aren't like hitting stupid, like outrageous targets, et cetera. Have you ever had to discontinue a product? Um, well, funnily enough, I did. Uh, so I discontinued one of my products and I, I put it up on Amazon just to clear it out. And it sold so well, I had to bring it back again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, so, so then it, it never did go away. Sorry. So it never did go away completely because no, you had to bring again. it back. It's back again. So I just redesigned it very slightly. <laughs> um, and then I brought it back again, but, um, actually also I, I don't, as I say, I don't sell very many of them a year, but it's definitely worth having it as part of the range. So, you know, I'm happy to have products in there that aren't doing gazillions because actually they give the customer a perception of a broader range from which they can then choose which one they want to, to buy from. Yeah, I, I love it. Now, what year did you have your peak sales? Was it last, last year, year or was it another year? No, no, last year. Yeah. Last year. So what do you have a number for us that was off of Amazon versus on Amazon? <laughs> I do about 5%, <laughs> something like 5% off Amazon. Oh, maybe it's a bit more than actually. It's about 10, 10, 15, actually, because I forget my distributor. But yes, it's about 10, 15% I do off Amazon. 10, 15% of your whole business or you're saying 10, 15% of profit margin? No, no, 10%, 10 to 15% of my whole business, my turnover, Okay, total turnover. And how has that changed over the last 10 years? I mean, was it larger before? It used to be hundred percent, not Amazon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. That was right in 2010 before you, yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's been gradually going, going on Amazon. It's also tripled. So um, I've gone from sort of low, low six figures to um, sort of very decent uh, seven. So, you know. Very decent seven figures. All right, and what's your overall profit margin is it more on Amazon or more off Amazon distribution? Well, because my margin is so completely rubbish off Amazon, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to go onto Amazon because I get more money. So, um, you know, I make uh, about six times what I do uh, selling to a distributor that I do selling on Amazon. So, 
But then like you, it's still worth it though, because there's so much less, you know, there, you don't, you don't have to do customer service. You don't have to worry about FBA and, and things like that. You just kind of make a big purchase order and sell it. And yeah, and it's good for the brand as well. That's the other thing I don't mm-hmm. just, um, you know, that I think maybe that is a slight difference of being a non, non, I didn't start in the world of Amazon. And so therefore I do have a slightly different perception, I think, to other people. Uh, because obviously, although Amazon is a huge part for me, it is fundamentally, it's a sales channel. Um, it's not the be all and end all, but it is an amazing sales channel. Don't get me wrong. Um, but actually also that's why it's important for me to still sell. I still sell to other retailers, resellers on uh, retailers online. I sell to a few, um, like mom and pop bricks and mortar stores in the UK. Um, you know, there are, there are a few other places and and I still sell to, um, you know, a, a kind of a couple of the big, uh, retailers in the UK as well. Um, and I've still got a New Zealand distributor and an Irish distributor. I'm, they're about the only countries I do that in now. Everywhere else, I pretty much just sell direct via Amazon. That's awesome. So what about now the division of sales between Europe and USA? Um, so actually, USA overtook uh, the UK last year. So that was a, an interesting thing. Um, but I also sell, I do actually also sell to Vendor Central in the UK still. So I have one product that I sell on Vendor and then the rest of my range I sell on um, Seller. Uh, but interestingly, I mainly specialize in the UK because culturally, um, and this is something that everyone needs to consider as well, which is that kind of the two worst selling products in the UK are my two best selling products in the US and, um, and, and vice versa. And then what's also interesting is that because uh, Europeans look like the Spanish and the Italians, for example, they're not really interested in their children sleeping because they'll keep them up late at night. And they're not really that bothered about sun protection. Well, my product's all about sleep and sun protection. So it doesn't do that well in those countries. Um, mm. and also in mm. Germany and France, they're not used to the concept of my kind of product. So they're kind of, again, behind the UK on that. So it's taken me sort of 10 years, uh, to sort of train the UK <laughs> and the U S into understanding the importance of all these things. Um, and they are behind us. So I don't do so much in, in, um, in Europe, uh, generally. And then at the moment, to be honest, I'm not really that bothered because as you know, we have the Brexit situation, <gasps> dare we mention yes. its name. Um, and really until we kind of really know what's going on, uh, with that and how that's actually really genuinely going to impact, um, on our, all of our businesses and, and how we operate. Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not that bothered about Europe. I, um, you know, I'm, I'm just doing sort of basic level. Before we get to the part of our show where we get your 30 second tip, I want to do our little game that we call the search volume game. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three keyword searches. Now, don't have Magnet or Cerebro open. Nope. So you can't be cheating. And everybody out there listening, as always, guys, don't cheat. Let's see how close you can get. To date, only one person has gotten all three right. So I pick three random words that kind of have to do with the person I'm interviewing. And then you tell me which search volume goes to which keyword. So the three keywords are, and then because you're in the baby category, I have baby related keywords here. The three keywords are baby toys, baby shark, (laughs) baby shark, and uh, baby Yoda. Okay. So those are the three words, baby toys, baby shark, baby Yoda. Okay. Okay. Now the three search volume numbers, and again, it's in no particular order here. Oh no, actually I'm going to give you in descending order. The largest keyword, whichever one it is, is searched for 288,000 times. Okay. The second one is searched for 227,000 times. So, so it's right up there too. Okay. And the last one is 122,000 times. Okay. Okay. So now again, baby toys, baby shark, baby Yoda, 
which goes to which. Right. So I'm going to go baby toys, 227, baby shark, because it's so annoying, 288, and baby Yoda, 122. But then I don't know if baby Yoda is some kind of weird um, science fiction fan thing that I don't know about. Ah, Star Wars. Yes. You don't know. I thought you, you're just a Star Trek fan, not no, Star no, Wars. Yeah, so no, I take it. I'm a Star Wars girl. I'm more Star Trek. I've, I've you know, right okay. from um, Captain Kirk days. You got one right. You got one right. I got one uh, right. The baby oh, toys. Wow. The baby toys is 227,000. It's the baby shark that's 122,000. Wow. And baby Yoda is, is uh, just ridiculous right now in, in the United States. I thought, I thought I didn't know what baby Yoda was, it, but it was either going to be bigger than shark or not. So, hey. Yeah. Hey, but, but, but that's good because it actually illustrates the whole reason why I do this game, which is kind of like what exactly you just illustrated when you talked about how your worst sellers in the UK are the best sellers in the US and vice versa. And the lesson I, I teach with this is that we all have our personal shopping preferences or what we think is is the best and things like that. But we can't like assume that our customer, every single one of our customer avatars, it has the same personality or the same buyer behavior as us. We have to do research into whatever market we're going to, to see what works. And and search volume is, is a way to do that because sometimes the, the words that we think are search more, it's not necessarily search more. So it's always important to do the research, whether we're talking about international marketplaces or just even in one marketplace, the search volume. So speaking of search volume, I assume, I hope that you use Helium 10 actively in your business. I, I use it religiously. Excellent. Excellent. What's your favorite tool? Uh, oh gosh, it's the reverse ASIN. I like that one. Cerebro. Yes, Cerebro. Yes. I, I never know what they're all called. I just sort of fumble my way around them. And then the other one I like is the listing writing one <laughs> where you put- Scribbles. In, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Cool, cool. Excellent. <laughs> now, now I remember the question I was going to ask you earlier. You've got seven-figure, healthy seven-figure business. How many employees do you have full-time that are helping you run it? None. Woo, that's why I had a feeling it was going to be something like that. How many part-time employees do you have? I've got a very um, healthy team of freelancers um, that work for me, but um, none of them work for me full-time. So like, how many do you have working for you and uh, what kind of average of hours do they work a week? Um, so my so I've got about three people on social media. Um, they tend to do about 10 hours a week each. Um, then I've got a VA who does probably about 20 hours a week on more of the admin side of things. I've got a PA who does probably another 10, 15 hours. Uh, then, then I've outsourced my PR as well. I've got an agency who does that. And also, uh, my PPC is outsourced now. And I, what else have I outsourced? Oh, my, obviously my accounts, my bookkeeping, all that sort of stuff. That's great. Now you, you told me right before we hopped on the recording that you had just come from a couple of meetings. Now, Tell me about that. I mean, are you like coaching people or what is that? Yeah. So um, they're actually what I've been doing in the UK, as I said, we're a little bit behind um, the US in terms of sort of Amazon understanding. And also there is a difference between uh, building a, a private label business based on products that are effectively the same as somebody else's products versus my sort of product where you've kind of invented it, created it, you know, where the, the brand owner is more of a sort of, I always consider them more of a parent, if you know what I mean. They've almost like given birth to their, their brand, if you know what I mean. So I've been helping um, other small business uh, or other small brands um, understand how Amazon can work for them because, you know, Amazon is such a massive place. And um, I, I really do believe 
in the in the kind of mindset of abundance, which is that, you know, we should be sharing what we're doing with other people because, you know, that there's enough to go around. There's there's plenty of, of business out there. So, so for example, in the UK, I probably only hit about 15%, 10 to 15% of all babies born in the UK. So that's a lot of babies kind of left on the table, not in a bad way, obviously, because that'd be very unsafe. Um, but that means there's a lot of parents out there who don't know about my products. Um, and so there's opportunities for everybody. Okay. Excellent. That's, that's really, that's really cool. And I think people don't, people who aren't in coaching or aren't in education, you know, regardless of his Amazon, I always hear the thing, well, how come if you're a successful seven figure yeah. seller, why, why are you going to, you know, take your time and do it? But people don't understand the kind of satisfaction that comes from knowing that you're helping people grow. I mean, am I right or am I right? Oh my God. I mean, I, and the thing is also, I get asked my advice all the time. I am constantly being, and if I spent all my time helping people to the level that they need help, I would not have time to do my own job. So what I did by doing this these couple of days is I've, I've said, right, everyone has to pay to come, not stupid money, but pay to come, cover my time cost, and I'll give you like a whole day. And I went through people's listings personally. I only kept it really small. So it was like 10, 12 people max in the room. And then I went through everybody's, you know, rather than everyone leaving and kind of going, oh, that's really great. That sounds fantastic. But how do I apply it to me? Which is often how I feel when I leave like bigger events. I'm like, oh, that sounded amazing. But how does that actually apply to me? Um, so what I wanted to do was something where people walked out and went, oh, actually, you know what? I know exactly how that applies to me because Cara told me. All right. Hey, you've been giving us lots of tips and strategies, but now we come to the section of our show called the, the TST 30 second tip. So think of something that you haven't mentioned yet. That's super valuable, somewhat unique, actionable strategy. It could be about anything. I don't want details about how to get divorced or anything. We, we've talked enough about that, but uh, maybe business, more business related, something that you can say in 30 seconds or less for our listeners ready when you are. Okay. So first of all, I'd say that you definitely need perseverance and resilience when you're working in this industry and you need a lot of patience. Uh, but also, I think you need some good manners. I do think one of the things I encourage people to do is actually be really nice to the people who are working behind the scenes at Seller Central, because I bet they get some level of abuse to hurl at them. And actually, I've always got what, pretty much whatever I've needed from them by just being really polite and really appreciating that they're busy. My other tip, if I'm allowed to do another one, um, is, sure, go ahead. Um, is that um, I think sometimes also you need to look at your product from the perspective of um, there's only one product. Well, that sometimes makes it difficult for the consumer to make a decision because there's always going to be, I use the analogy of the, uh, the colas. So you've got like the store brand cola, you've got the classic cola, and then you've got Pepsi cola and Coca-Cola and Pepsi-Cola. And so there's always going to be somebody who's never going to pay. And it, what doesn't matter how much money they have in their life, they're never going to buy a branded product. They like the cheap and cheerful. Then you're going to have somebody else who's always going to want to buy the most expensive. doesn't matter whether it tastes better or not. They want the most expensive. And then there's that person in between who can be sort of swayed one way or the other. So um, I quite often suggest when people are looking at um, expanding their product range is that consider having those sort of two options uh, where maybe you have slightly more functions on one product that would make the more expensive person swing towards you and make sure you have your sort of lower level product that anyone would buy. So that's one of my other little tips. Awesome guys. Uh, you just got three for the price of one here. So uh, Cara, it's been a pleasure having, having you on. I, I knew we would have fun, but I didn't realize this would be this fun. Uh, so I look forward to seeing you in July, but if people have more questions about your journey. They want to check out 
your brand. They want to, you know, check out if they live in the UK, some of your, your coaching or, or how can they find you on the interwebs? You mentioned that Facebook group, but mention yeah. it again and, and it, other contacts. The Facebook page is called make it, market it, sell it. And it's got a big picture of me on the front. <laughs> Excellent. So is that the, just the best way to, to, to reach out to you? Yeah, to be honest, it probably is because I haven't got I haven't got anything official like a website up for it yet. So I'm doing it all through social media. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, Cara, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on your success, having your best year so far last year. And and I would love in 2021 to interview maybe around this time next year and see how 2020 crushed 2019. Well, I for, so for your awesome. your prom, unless you had a budge up and then you got gobsmacked which would be rubbish. Oh, there we go. Look at that. My, <laughs> using my vocabulary I learned today. My goodness. <laughs> ebook, ebook can be collected later. <laughs> yes. Ebook on English vocabulary can be collected later. All right, Cara, I got to get going. Thanks a lot. We'll see you on the next episode that you come on. Take care. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.